When some people in Portobello heard reports in the media about the possible closure of the swim centre, there was a feeling of déjà vu. OK, you have to be of a certain age to remember the last campaign to save the swimming pool. But it was that which ignited the sense of community spirit, which not just saved the pool, but later saw off plans to run dozens of refuse trucks through historic parts of the town, and which ultimately led to the campaigns to save first Belfield and now the town hall. So will we have to take to the barricades once more? The initial news articles seemed quite specific. The Portobello Swim Centre is one of eight named facilities, apparently slated for a possible, probable closure. And in the way of social media, those reports spread far and fast. The response from Edinburgh Leisure talked of these as inaccurate reports. So when I met June Peebles, its CEO, I asked her to sort out the right from the wrong. What is accurate is that Edinburgh Leisure is facing significant financial challenges. That's public in terms of it was in a council report, so that information is accurate. The inaccuracies came from the reporting about eight venues being closed. Now, I did share information with the Edinburgh Leisure Board in December about the financial challenges. Work is ongoing with the council in terms of how we address the financial challenges. But for the board, understandably, they wanted in terms of what are the, the various scenarios, so in terms of worst case. I took the board through various options and I also shared information with them in terms of what closures of venues could look like. To save a million pounds, Edinburgh Leisure would have to close all the pitch venues. A million pounds equates to closing six wet and dry venues. A million pounds equates to closing the RCP and Meadowbank. For the board, I'd also broken that down into venues. So These are fairly dramatic closures. Oh, absolutely. And that, for me, it was demonstrating to the board, but also the council, to say the funding gap that we're looking at is big and actually it would decimate the services. And a lot of the financial challenges that we're facing have been driven by the increases in the energy costs. So as compared to pre-COVID, our energy costs this year were up by two million. We are estimating that's going to increase by another three quarters of a million pounds next year because of price increases. So there's almost three million pounds in terms of additional costs. So in very simple terms, you could say the funding gap that we're looking at is because of energy. But it's still pretty scary. Oh, it is, absolutely. Nobody wants any venues to close. I certainly don't, the Edinburgh Leisure Board and the council don't, and likewise our customers. And all the time, we're looking, you know, where can we make savings, where can we be more efficient, but likewise, how can we get more people using the venues? But it's also supporting people. We have an active communities team that operate around 22 projects that we actually get external funding for. And these projects target people experiencing poverty, health inequalities, and we cannot meet the demand for these projects. We don't want to increase our prices to an extent that we're actually preventing people from accessing the services, you know, either. So it's a, it's a balancing act. So I did prepare information from the board to actually say they wanted more sort of granular information. If we closed X venue, how much would that save? That information was leaked but I was at pains to say it wasn't presented to the board for a decision. 
it was to give context to the financial challenges that we were facing. Now, I've been on this side of the microphone to know that there are, if you like, leaks and leaks, yeah. in the sense that there are some leaks which are designed to test public opinion, just how strong the public opinion would be. Might that have been the case with whoever did the leaking? I really don't know. For me, it's not in anybody's interest. It's the distress that it's caused to the staff because I've been very upfront with the staff in terms of the financial challenges the Edinburgh Leisure's facing. I also shared with them what a million pounds equates to so they know the sort of context and the scale of the challenges. But it was distressing for them to read in the paper, see in the media, venues were being, you know, named. Well, certainly... The moment that someone saw it, I think it was in Edinburgh Live, one local resident said, man the barricades, essentially. <laughs> Which in some ways is fantastic in terms of, you know, we appreciate the customer's support. And I know that councillors listen to their constituents that way, but um, it certainly wasn't, from my side, a managed leak. Because deal- I'm dealing with the fallout in terms of there's been, Kerry spent significant time dealing with it. My concern was the impact it had on my colleagues and also customers. Just to explain, Kerry, Kerry Teekle is the media manager for this particular area. Yes, for Edinburgh Leisure. Yeah. yeah. So what happens now? Discussions are ongoing with the council. I keep them, council officials and councillors, up to date on the financial position that's being talked at in council forums in relation to their own budget. Yes, that was what I was going to come to because the City of Edinburgh Council is not exactly awash with cash. No, it's not. But they're no different from any other local authority. I've been very open, I do fear, for public leisure services across the country. You know, already there's been closures in various leisure trusts and also other councils in Scotland and down south. I feel at a time where citizens' health and well-being is so important and it has been damaged through COVID and cost of living crisis. See, demonstrated every day at work, both what I see and what I hear in terms of the positive impact physical activity makes on people, not only their physical health, but their mental and social well-being. Yes, it does cost money, but when you look at some of the other health interventions or preventative activities, it is a cheaper option. There is a short phrase within your statement that's on your website, which people in Portobello have picked up, and that is at this time. There are no closures at this time. You yourself have, what, six weeks maybe to go before you retire? I believe your successor has been appointed. We don't know who that is. It's not public yet. But that gives your successor the freedom to decide, well, the time is now. The last board meeting I have is the 26th of February and at that board meeting that's where we decide on the budget and pay award etc. So I am not leaving Edinburgh Leisure in terms of with a gap. All of these issues will be hopefully addressed and decided on. You have the board support for the kind of approach you're taking? Well, ultimately it's a board decision but in terms of I present the budget so Ultimately, the board will decide, but I'd say generally they're a supportive board. But, you know, but this is the Porty podcast, and we are talking in terms about the Portobello Swim Centre, we're talking about Portobello Golf Course, 
there's a lot of interest locally about both of them. You know, people are hoping that you know, both are, are still going to be available over the next few years. I can't give any guarantees on any of the venues and that's why I was at pains to say there's currently no proposals. There is nothing put forward to the board or the council to say which venue should we close if required. So these discussions haven't taken place. I'm hoping they don't have to take place. But if additional funding isn't sourced for services, then the reality is I feel we will be looking at closures. For me, it's not a sustainable solution. When you look at the funding challenges that we have, closing a venue might save £100,000. It's not a lot. And it's a one-off. It is. So I think that's why it's looking what's a more sort of sustainable solution. You've got an expression on your face which in television terms would actually speak a lot more than just the words you're using, but there's a frustration in, in you that you're leaving at a rather difficult time. I suppose my frustration comes from the support nationally for physical activity. And it's a personal view, some hard choices. But would I rather see money into elite sport or lots of people participating? You know, and for me, I would rather have lots of people participating. And in terms of its people's health and well-being don't want to get too political here but in terms of nationally I do get frustrated in terms of we know physical activity has makes a huge difference in people's lives you know some of the feedback that I get from customers you know I'll be sitting at my desk with tears in my eyes so yes that's that's my frustration in terms of me leaving I always say there's never a great time to leave when things are going well you you know you don't want to go when things are challenging. You don't want to go either. But, but ultimately, <laughs> it's agent stage after 38 years. So, you know, there's a great team in place. We've got great facilities. So I feel leaving it in good hands. As I was leaving, June mentioned one statistic I found quite disturbing. Edinburgh Leisure celebrates its 25th anniversary this year. Back in 1999, its core funding was £7 million. Today, in 2024, its core funding is still just £7 million. Had it kept up with inflation, it would have been around £16 million. As we mentioned in the interview, June retires at the end of next month. No doubt her successor is poring over the spreadsheets as you listen to this episode. I was left with the feeling that we really need to keep a watchful eye over decisions taken over the next few months before we can say with any confidence that the facilities here in Portobello, or indeed any of the others across the city, are safe. The articles predicting closures may have been premature, but tough decisions still have to be made. A lot of the problems, of course, stem from higher up the money tree. The government in Westminster has recently been accused of prioritising cars over walking, cycling and other forms of exercise and active travel. Here in Scotland, the Parliament is facing a fiscal black hole which it doesn't quite know how to fill, and as was mentioned in the interview, the City Council has money concerns of its own, so perhaps we're right in having that feeling of déjà vu. And that's it for another week. I'm sure you know how to get in touch if you have an idea which could make a future episode. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.